Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of The Cosmic Circle, the official podcast of The Cosmic Circus. On today's episode, we will be discussing The Mandalorian Season 3. After such a long wait, it's finally returned, and we are so excited to talk about it. My name is Brian Kitson, head writer at The Cosmic Circus, and joining me today is Anthony Flagg. And for the first time ever on our podcast, we have Vic. And as everyone knows from hopefully what will be the previous episode with our questions, we are big fans of Vic and all of his theories, so we can't wait to talk with him. How are we doing, guys? Hey, thanks for inviting me. It's such a pleasure to finally talk with you guys, like face-to-face. And I'm really excited about Mandalorian, so I hope we're going to have a great talk. Vic, I'm so glad you're here today, man. We're going to have a good time. And uh, yeah, I love Mandalorian. I, I wrote up the series premiere, so... I do have more thoughts that we're probably going to get a good chance to embellish on. Not only did you write it up, but you wrote it up in record time. And I feel like people should know that you were a speed demon with that. We appreciate that. Um, so let's dive right in. We had a two year wait between the Mandalorian season two and season three with the caveat of the book of Boba Fett in the middle, which we'll talk about later. But how did we feel about the premiere after this long period of waiting? Vic, let's start with you. Okay, so basically those two years were really fast for me because when The Mandalorian ended with season two, I hoped we'll get a season three last year. But wow, they they announced uh, the Book of Boba. And I thought, okay, we're going to have some pause on that. And uh, the story will, you know, the story will be a little crazier next season and we'll have time to you know they'll have time to get us hyped for it but you know the boba came out and it wasn't so good we had some um, we had to get some some more easter eggs about mando and all that but the premiere was really good for me because you know all the mando story their past their future where it's all going I think basically this premiere is, um, I think, one of the best for me because uh-huh. this beginning with uh, Mando coming to rescue and all that, it's it's really good. And uh, the story, basically the story of this episode was so fast that I think one of the greatest examples when it comes to great story and telling in fast because this episode was around 30, 35 minutes, yep. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So the story they told in this in such quick time was, wow, it was fantastic. I know so, uh, someone uh, who told me that basically they wanted to, you know, to show us such a, such a small part of what's to come uh-huh. that they had to, you know, to put it in a 30, 30 minute episode. And I think I think they did it great, really great. So so that was okay. a really great premiere for me. Yeah. I, so your question was, how do I feel about the wait in between? What are your thoughts on the premiere plus the wait? You know, kind of it's a two part question. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of somebody in the Discord. I think it was the Fisicoop mentioned that Last time we saw Mando in his own show was before any Marvel D plus show had aired. And I thought they were joking. And then I went and looked it up and nope, 
season two finale was in December, February, January. And then we finally got WandaVision right after. And I was like, there's just no way that it's been this much time. So yeah, that's actually the case. It, it had been quite a, quite a long moment. Um, my first impressions of the premiere were solid. I'm glad to see Mando back doing what he does, taking out pirates, you know, visiting stuff, trying to get forgiven for his transgressions. But um, it was kind of weird. Like in 30 minutes, he almost had three plot lines running concurrently. Mm-hmm. And to me, it felt like in season one, like they spread out part of it throughout this season. And this one, they kind of just like, all right, we need to get everything set up episode one so that we can just unravel it, which is fine. It just felt like a lot got shoved into a half hour opener of all things. I mean, they checked off all the boxes, big monster. We had that in season one, episode one, season two, episode one, and then the same thing here. And then go back to Navarro, talk to Grief Karga, get the droid going. That's another one. Then the pirates, now he's got them bad. So I was just quite impressed that they put so much all together and then rounded it out with him visiting Bo-Katan and progressing himself like hey if you are going to go bathe yourself in the waters here's the way to go so like that's a lot of setup in just an open you know i think that first off when you told when you brought this to my attention that it was two years i literally sat there just staring at my screen for a while and i was like there's no way and so i had to look on top of you looking because i was like there's no way that's been two years and the fact that it's been that long is mind-boggling um and that didn't feel like it was that long, but also felt like it's been forever since we've seen Mando. And I have to say, I was actually disappointed with the premiere. I I don't know what I was expecting, but I was expecting more. I, I feel like we had this, you know, we had this reprieve with Boba Fett that was kind of like the, the, the prelude to what this chapter should have been. And I just wanted more of it. I think that should have been a longer episode. I think there was so much in this that I just found myself tuning out because we were jumping storylines and we weren't we weren't didn't have a cohesive like thread which was really important to seasons one and two it was there was like this cohesive story that was building even when there was one-off stories and so i was i was a tad disappointed with this one though i will give the fact that it did have a lot of action i loved the alligator scene at first i wasn't sure what the hell we were doing with the alligator scene um I, I thought maybe it was in the past and I had that wrong and I'm usually good at guessing stuff. So they got me on my toes there, uh, but I wasn't as happy as I thought I was going to be with this episode. I still can't get over when the Mandalorians use their wrist tethers and I'm like, that thing is going to roll over on its belly. And that's exactly what happened right after. Yeah, there was, there was no winning with, with the alligator that way. I thought the same thing. I was like, uh, what are we doing here? There's a cave oh. behind you retreat, you know, I but mean... is that in their code? Sorry, but yeah, go ahead. Maybe. But, um, you know, I think, I wonder why they didn't check the planet for those creatures. I mean, I guess they were hiding there for a while. So mm-hmm. maybe they should send scouts to check if there are any dangerous animals there and not put children in the water when something can just mm-hmm. pop up and eat them. Maybe that just highlights their arrogance. They're like, no, we can just kind of do whatever we need. Mm -hmm. They lost their sense of um, of care. Well, carefulness. I don't know the word here. Because once they exposed themselves in season one, they're in Navarro, and then they got driven out. Well, a bunch of them died. So, like, at that point, they're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, they just don't care. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do think that I think you're you're onto something with the arrogance there, especially the armor has always been very arrogant. And I feel like when we had the we had the armor against um you know our Mandalorian, there is this really this is different of egos. And I think there's a better sign of like the armor is a better representation of what that sect is of. And so they are kind of cocky. They think that they're better than everyone. And I think that's reflected in the scene with Bo-Katan where she was like, you, your people kind of left everyone. And like, you think that you're better and you, because you don't take off your masks. And now we're all kind of, you know, in a lot of Scattered. trouble. Yeah. 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 No, that speech from her was probably like, like I was thinking, like you were saying as well, that probably the best performance was at the end there when she just had like that disgust and she was just fed up and and even just her pose how she sat in the chair really gave off the body language saying Mm -hmm. at this point I couldn't be bothered to care like no one listens no one wants to work together this is why we're scattered across the galaxy and we lost our home world you know you've got the dark saber just wave that thing around even the way she said it it was just like wave that thing around they'll do whatever you say she just can't Mm -hmm. be bothered anymore yeah, especially at this moment, you realize that when you watch the Clone Wars, and you know she and some other Mandalorians fought for the planet, and for its people, and I guess there weren't any those Mandalorians from this cult there, so they just escaped. So let's assume it was only Bo-Katan and those other Mandalorians from outside the cult that fought. You know at this moment that she's serious that this speech is stronger because if you didn't watch this for for episode arc for story story arc then you might not know that she really cares she cares about this planet she cares about its history about her sister legacy especially so so you know it's it's really really strong speech for me because Mm -hmm. i know i love mandalorians i love this show i love star wars and when I saw how such an important character like Bo-Katan says, I don't care anymore. It's, you know, it's it's a really heavy thing. Because when you see her again in Rebels, you see how destroyed she is, how crushed her spirit is. And it's really, it's a really meaningful scene. You know, I, I always think back to, to Rebels too, because... In that series, the Dark Saber comes up and is quite an important aspect of the Mandalorian and the Mandalore War. That this eventually has to kind of clash with that storyline, and eventually there's going to be a fight to get that saber. And so I'm really interested because I think it's probably going to play out this season, but I, I don't know how it's going to play out, which is both exciting and terrifying. Um, so looking at this first episode you know it was kind of short 30 minutes I, you know i was thinking it's gonna be a little bit longer um but what was your favorite part of this episode because i feel like there was a lot of good tidbits like a lot of good looking forward parts um a lot of grogu i love baby grogu but what was your favorite part anthony I've we'll got, start with you i've got a couple now that you mention it i liked one seeing the dynamics of the relationship between grogu and din like there's that scene where they're going through hyperspace and he's in the little astromech pod and then he s- slides out of there after he sees the pergils and then he goes and rests in in din's hands like you know he just kind of pops up mm-hmm. um 
and not just that but how respectful din was when he like made it to navarro and was talking to grief and he's like you've got that little creature his name's grogu like you know like really establishing it and then mm. finally the way <laughs> when he's with the anzellans trying to get the ig11 droid going and you know he's like grogu no <laughs> don't squeeze him leave him alone <laughs> sorry he's a little young like that whole pit just got me mm-hmm. but it was nice like he, he obviously he's always really cared about him but he's letting him grow a little bit and seeing Mm -hmm. the the relation between them and then probably my favorite part of the episode was the dog fight in space when he takes on all the pirates because that was just some slick maneuvering and it was nice seeing what he could do in a starfighter not just his piloting abilities but like the equipment itself like you would never be able to do that in a razor crest you could do some damage but like being able to hide out on the side and it reminded me a lot of um of uh, Empire Strikes Back when Mm -hmm. Han and Leia had to like hide off and they have that whole little excursion for a little bit. It just gave me like a little bit of sense of that. So it was nice, almost callback to it. Sure. What about you, Vic? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, Bo-Katan scene was really great, but Mm -hmm. outside of it, I think, yeah, who doesn't like uh, Space Wars? Like, you know, fighting in space is is awesome. Mm -hmm. It's always awesome. It doesn't matter if it's in prequels or it's just animated animated stuff. It's really great. But hmm, when I come to think of it, I think yeah, the Navarro the Navarro stuff was really great. You know, the pirates. You know, like Griff Carga is there. He's a big boss, and Mando is acting like his personal security, like his mm-hmm. personal personal guy. So so you know, his even though even though he even though he isn't his um, security guy, but He's, he's he's his friend he helped him a lot sure. of times so so why not why not fight for for, for his friend but i wonder uh, how they're going to repair igl because he said uh, there's this part there's always this one thing he must find in future mm-hmm. episodes just to just to sure. fix this and i wonder how they're going to play this out i think i know i don't know if if there is this thing on 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 another planet, or maybe it's on Mandalore, or maybe it was on Navarro all along, sure, I don't know. But but you know, but yeah, Navarro stuff was really really great. I think. You know, I I think both of you said it great. The space battles are awesome. In fact, when I was watching um, Attack of the Clones last night, and then when I was watching today, it reminded me of the scene where Obi Wan is chasing after um Django and boba and it had that very similar feel i was like oh this is star wars you know because i think sometimes when the first two seasons there was a few times where you're like you almost forget it felt like more western than space and this had that really good space feel but the one scene that sticks out to me and i don't know why specifically but it's the scene where grief confronts the pirates at the school and like he tries to have this like diplomatic be nice moment and then he just turned like he shifts and you see this like oh there's still this side to you like you can be peaceful you can be diplomatic but you also are not going to take any shit from anybody and so i really liked that scene because i think that puts into perspective a lot um about grief and i think that for din as well and that whole scene the whole scene was just really well um mapped out Another couple of things I liked about this episode were the movie references. 
the way the mm -hmm. IG-11 was crawling toward Mando when it came to life. I think that was like a Terminator reference. And sure. then when he got taken out by the statue of Grief's head, and he said, that's using your head. That's a classic Bond one-liner. And I love Bond movies. So I was like, that's a nice little uh, I, reference, I guess. I didn't catch that. So that apparently I need to watch more Bond movies because that's awesome. When yeah, Bond gets kills, he always has something slick to say on some okay. of them. And so that he he delivered it just like him too. It's Absolutely. crazy. I, I didn't notice it when I was watching it, but but now yeah, it's obvious. <laughs> it's, it's really funny now. So while we have our favorite parts, what is maybe something you'd have liked to see different or added or changed about this first episode? Um especially now that this was kind of our reintroduction back to the Mandalorian world. That one's too easy. And you already know what I'm going to say. So Go ahead. <laughs> in the recap, when we start the episode, we didn't show anything about what happened in Book of Boba Fett. So people who didn't watch it are, are going to be very confused as to one, why he has a new ship, and two, Grogu's back with him. Like, they just, mm -hmm. come on. I've seen recaps that are super long. Why couldn't you just add that really quick? And then remind no, people her. that Pelimoto exa exists because I'm almost certain he's headed to her next because he needs a droid part. But yeah, I just, that one really left a bad taste in my mouth. I'm like, you can't assume everybody watches everything. You, sometimes you got to feed it to the audience. And that's what I would have changed. And maybe made it a little bit longer of an episode, but that, that's about it. No, that's yeah. really fair. I feel like you need a little bit more of a recap for things like that, especially with as long as it's been. People don't watch every episode. If I didn't work for the Cosmic Circus, I probably would have skipped Boba Fett myself. Um, so I feel like that would have been really beneficial. And they came out a year ago. Yeah. Not everybody's just going to remember. They, Especially they, when, when yeah. there was Obi-Wan <laughs> between it. Yes. Oh, so good. I loved yeah. Obi-Wan. Yeah, Obi-Wan was really great. So and I, Andor. Yeah. I forgot about Andor, yeah. So, I haven't you know, watched it yet, but <laughs> you, you've got to choose between Obi Wan, Under, and Boba Fett. So, what would you choose? Obviously, Obi Wan and Under. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, but I wonder. Yeah, I agree that it was too short episode. Uh, I'd made it longer. Like even the five ten minutes would be a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Just you know, just to properly close it. But mm -hmm. hmm, I wonder. Maybe hmm. Maybe the interaction with Mandalorians could be a great, mm -hmm. like, you know, like Dean versus uh, his name was Previsla. Yeah. Yep. It was the descendant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or descendant of... Okay. Vizla. Okay. So <laughs> the guy that he fought uh, for Dark Saber in uh, Boba. So their interaction, I want to see it in the next episodes. I think we'll get it, but. It's like 50-50, okay? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's it. I think that's it. It's a really solid episode, like 6, 7 out of 10 for sure. me. So. I definitely think that we should have seen more of the, the Mandalorians. But specifically, I wish that they almost would have shown us more than just have Bo-Katan tell us how everything happened. Because I think like that's always a better um, image of six with people if you see like just destruction everywhere and people just have gone or you you've, you start the episode with 
her forces leaving her because she mentioned that and she's just staying there all alone. I think something like that, some kind of image would have done a lot better than just having her angry sitting there, which I did love. I thought it was a great scene. I thought it was, she did a great job. Um, but showing it would have had that bigger impact and you would have been like, oh, the stakes have just gotten, like they've risen. And now what do we do with that? Um, but maybe we'll see that in a future episode. And I do hope that we do. Yeah, I guess there will be an episode when he and Bo-Katan are going to, you know, to look for them. And he'll be like, oh, he's my dark saber. Follow me, follow me. Yeah, come on. We're going to save work. Mandalore. Yeah. It's do like... you think that he gives it to her? I don't think he gives it to her. Yeah, okay. me too. The way I you said she... that. <laughs> I think there will be a fight. But mm-hmm. I'm not so sure about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this whole season is about Mandalore. It's focused on mm-hmm. Mandalore. And we knew about it, like, until, you know, like, we knew about it since 2021. Like, mm-hmm. like right when the season two ended. We knew it will be focused on Mandalore, on its story, on Dean's legacy, uh, on his story, on basically full Mandalore. So, I guess... This fight is possible, but I don't know. We will see it. Yeah. Okay. No, a- Anthony, what do you mean by that? What I mean by that? I mean that there's going to be a fight, but it won't be between Din and Bo-Katan. You don't. Somebody's... Okay. I... That's what I thought it was going to be between. No. Okay. No. But she's probably going to wield the lightsaber this season. Okay. Who are you thinking the fight's going to be between? I can't tell you that yet. You'll see it next week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, spoilers. Okay. I promise you. See, episode two will actually like answer what I'm thinking, what I'm oh, mentioning okay. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think so, you're going to be quite surprised, and I think you'll actually you'll enjoy how it plays out. I think that's why they should have released the first two episodes together. I think it, that was the. I think a lot of the episodes, the things that we have with Disney Plus, would be better with a two episode premiere because. It gives you a little more chunk of that story. This this first part was a little slow. I don't, well, I'm not going to say boring because it wasn't necessarily boring. It was a little slow. But if you had that second part where whatever happens, apparently, because I'm super excited now to find out what it is, I think that would have balanced out the two a lot better. Absolutely. I think it's a little bit... They're playing it too close to the chest because they know all we have to say is Mando and people are going to tune in at two in the morning. Easy, mm-hmm. easy viewership attendance. Like, Okay, yeah, you can rest on those laurels, but don't get too comfortable because now people are going to be like little, I I don't want to say bored, but not as interested. I promise you if they would have done a two episode premiere, the only conversation this week would be Mandalorian. Next week, discussion is going to blow up. But -hmm. if they would have done a double one, that's all people would have been talking about is Mando. Encourage me if I'm, oh, go ahead, Vic. Yeah, I just wanted to mention that that's why they did a free episode premiere with Andor because mm-hmm. they knew people won't be as interested in it as they would with the one episode premiere or two episode premiere. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Anthony said perfectly. It's if they release it week by week, not two episodes uh, in one week, and th- people just won't focus on it until you know it will end in. April or May, like right before this, the May the 4th, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. so I think they just want to keep it up until May the 4th and they will announce something big. And this one week gap is is really important for them, for them I mm -hmm. guess. So that's why they did this one episode premiere. You know, part of me thinks back to not just Andor, which had the three episode premiere, but Obi-Wan had a two episode premiere. Mm -hmm. and they released it early and they dropped it and i remember watching the first one thinking if i had just watched the first one i wouldn't have had such like hope about it but see but episode two ended with kenobi finding out that darth vader was still alive and vader wakens in the vakta tank mm -hmm. and like those two things set the tone and like it didn't stop from there so i think like tone matters so i think Maybe they thought the ending of this episode was going to have more of an impact than it, it maybe did, or um, maybe it's just the calm before the storm. And I think from what what I'm hearing, it's there's definitely a calm before the storm happening here. I guess we'll have to see. Um, okay, so we have how many episodes this season? Is it nine? Eight? I think it's eight. Uh, okay. So over eight episodes, where do we think we're going with the season? I know... Vic, you said it's going to focus a lot more on Mandalore. Um, mm -hmm. But like, yeah. what do you, where do you think it's going besides that? Like, where what's the end goal here? Yeah, I think it's a standard thing. Like, you know, uh, Giancarlo Esposito coming back. Uh, mm. Mandalore story, Dean's story. I think we'll see something about... Yeah, it was in the trailer. Uh, the Order 66, again, for mm. the fourth time this this season <laughs> i guess the series so th that's something they they'll definitely explore and i wonder who rescued him maybe it's maze window who knows maybe he survived this uh, this jump it's about time we need him yeah. back <laughs> yeah i guess if they want to bring him back they'll find some way to do it but yeah i think the series will definitely focus on on model it will be like 80% of the series and the other stuff will be 20%. And I don't expect anything below the average stuff that we get in previous two seasons. Okay. I think for this season, I agree with everything Vic said. You know, 80% Mandalore. But as apart from that, obviously a big plot line will probably be the Pirate King, Gorian Shard. You know, they're not just going to show him for a little bit and then not come back to that. So strong feelings that he'll have to go and protect Navarro in some capacity, which may include other Mandalorians. I could see them kind of um, showing up as extra muscle to help. Because in the trailer, I went through and I got some screenshots and posted it in our Discord. But there was one where you can see them standing there by the square, like where the IG-11 statue was, you can see a bunch of Mandalorians attacking pirates. So that's going to come back for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I totally forgot about Moff Gideon, but now that you mention it, yeah, there's going to... I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a whole prison breakout episode or just a whole episode dedicated to him getting out and moving him forward to make him an antagonist again. And then lastly... I could I could see a flashback episode that'll uncover things about Mandalore that we didn't know. I, mm -hmm. I have a feeling there is some huge secret that 
you know, because they put this big boogeyman sort of like cloth over Mandalore, like you can't visit the surface. It's all poison. It's impossible. It's uninhabitable. Something tells me that the Empire went and made that lie up to keep oh, yeah. the Mandalorians from coming back because they know, hey, if they come back here, reestablish themselves, start reforming and rebuild the whole planet, we're in trouble, you know, because these guys are definitely a force. They've they had a whole war with Jedi. It's like I wouldn't want to get involved with them. So I think there's more that hasn't been shown or seen or heard, and it's going to get uncovered this season. You know, I think that's an excellent point because I was I was thinking throughout the whole episode when they kept talking about Mandalore being too uninhabitable. And I was like, mm, there's some red flags going off here. You don't you don't keep dropping hints like that for us to not come back and find out that something's going on there. And I do wonder if we're going to find, yeah, a, a huge secret. But I'm thinking it's going to relate to the Empire or even to the eventually like snoke and stuff because we know that that eventually will connect in some way um i also think that this season we're headed to you know we have a lot of shows coming star wars this year you know we have the skeleton crew we have ahsoka um acolytes not coming out this year but it's coming out next year um i think that one's set might be this year but they can push it but i wouldn't Uh, connect acolyte just because it's set several hundred years before this so sure but I mean, we definitely have a Ahsoka coming out, and I, we don't know when Skeleton Crew is being set. But I think that we're going to see some more of these connections because I think that they're really trying to build the Mandoverse up in a in a big way. Because this is kind of what's carrying Star Wars right now. We haven't had a film, we haven't had a good film in a while because we're not counting Han Solo's film. Um, but don't give me that side eye, Vic. The Solo film was not great. It was okay. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was okay. I think, but I think that we're going to see some of those more connections as we build out a bigger story because I think it's all headed somewhere. Um, I'm thinking more like kind of like the Defenders verse of Netflix, where we have these individual stories and eventually they're coming towards a huge crossover. Um, maybe I'm just being ambitious, but I think that's where we're kind of headed. Um, I do wonder about, you know, Grant, I don't know what's going to happen with the Saber. Part of me when I was watching it thought, that eventually Dinan's going to give this up because he knows it's not what's best for Mandalore because he doesn't want it and he wants someone that does. Um, but I like that we're focusing on Mandalore because they are kind of this forgotten group of people from, from the Star Wars verse. Most of the time that we saw them, they were just bounty hunters that were B-level bad guys. You know, It's time to invest some time into them. Well, that makes me want to ask y'all a question, and I know we have other ones, mm-hmm. but do y'all think Din would actually be a good ruler for Mandalore? Yes. I do think he would be a good ruler. I don't think he wants to be a ruler, so therefore... Would that nearly buy... make him a good one if he didn't want it? It makes me think back to Game of Thrones with um, Jon Snow not wanting to be a ruler, but therefore he would be the good one, you know? Mm-hmm. he didn't want the power i don't think that that mando wants the power but i think that would make him the best ruler because he cares about the people he shows that he cares about things such as a package of a child that he got and he did, he bonded with this creature um he he has the compassion he has the good the good skills he has knowledge i think he'd be a great ruler i think he'd be the best one for mandalore 
And I think so too, because looking back at him over the season developments, he's kind of changed his mind on things. You mm-hmm. know, he broke guild code by asking about Grogu and then went and rescued the kid. And then he did, he had a similar feeling towards droids. So he's like, I, I will never work with them. And now we open up this season with him going out of his way on a quest to restore this one so he can work with it. And then a third one is like, I don't really want this dark saber. I'll give it up. But then he ended up keeping it and trying to learn how to use it. So mm-hmm. I, I can see him being presented with it and being like, no, and then completely changing his mind when he realizes I can unite all the Mandalorians together again. Because to him, what matters is the creed, the cult, others. He cares about a lot of people more than he intends to show. And I think this could transcend and show how much he cares about Mandalore by taking charge. Yeah, I I agree with you guys, but I think that he could be a good ruler, but he can, he could easily fail because, you know, sometimes if you are king or whatever, you can't make every every single person happy. You just Mm -hmm. can't. But I've got another question for you. Do you think that Dean will lose his faith because I think that all that happened from episode one is leading to him to, you know, to just abandoning it and just saying, I don't care about it. You can be a Mandalorian without the religion. You know, you can just easily take off your helmet and be a Mandalorian. Just, you know, just... Just like no, that's, <laughs> that's very interesting because I think that that's kind of where this has been headed because while, you know, this is the way, I think he's finding a new way. And I, th- I think that he's finding, like a lot of people who are, who maybe grow up in situations like that, and I'll leave it at that very open-ended there, you grow up to learn that maybe things aren't always the right way, even though that's what we were taught and we grew up in. And I think he's realizing that because of this child, he no longer believes in the oppressiveness of it. He wants to be Mandalorian, but he doesn't want to be, he doesn't, he doesn't want it this way anymore. And so he's going to find, I think he's going to find his own sect. I think that he's going to have his own people. Cause I think eventually we're going to see Grogu put on a Mandalorian mask. And I think that he, that's going to be like his first follower. Um, but yeah, I think that he's definitely going to, ha- you know, he's going to give it up. Vic, I'm going to tell you right now, that's a great question. That is a very good question. Fantastic. It's it really, absolutely. no, it's just like, yeah, that's, that is a question. He's going to lose his faith. I think that's, well, arguably that's the core aspect of this character is that yeah. he lives and abides by the creed. So mm-hmm. if he doesn't, then who is he? He'd have to find himself again. But I think with the identity he's had of connecting with people outside of the Mandalorian sect, like Brief Karga, for example, and Pelimoto, and now, you know, clearly Grogu, that it's just a strong chance where he decides, you know what, this, this isn't serving me anymore. I need to do something that's for the even greater good. For, you know, up until my life, from when I took the creed up until this moment, this is what I've lived by. But what has it really given him? He's an apostate as we stand now. He's an outcast of, amongst his own people. I was actually surprised the armor let him in, you know, but of course, as soon as he walks in, she's like, what are you doing here? Like, you're not one of us anymore and he's like well well, you know i can go and try and get in the waters and she's like okay but even then she wasn't that convinced it was like 
go for it. But I have this weird feeling that he's going to go and do it. And even then mm-hmm. he still won't be forgiven. And I could sell it by Brian's face that he was thinking the same thing. It's like, yeah, go, go throw yourself in the, in that lake and then see if we'll actually, actually accept you after the fact. I think that you, he's going to realize really quickly that after he does it, there's nothing in the water that makes it magical. And like, once he has that, that's kind of the idea of like, when you grow up and you realize that your parents aren't special, you know, that they're just human, just like you. And I think he's going to have that. And even though he wants them to forgive him, you're right. They're not going to forgive him. There's going to be something else. There's going to be another hurdle that they want him to do. They don't want him because they think that he's broken these rules. And so I think he's going to turn his back in a really huge way. I think also Bo-Katan's comments about them leaving will leave him like, well, why did they dip out before they could even start protected? I could see him losing the faith. I don't think it'll happen this season. But those first dominoes are happening for sure. They're already happening as we're going, actually. So I could see this leading to an even bigger result. Yeah, it's a very important thing because, you know, who is Din Jarin without his religion? Who is he? Like, That's yeah, I guess, I guess mm-hmm. in this season or in the next one, because we can safely assume there will be a next one next season, um, I think he'll have an identity crisis. Identity crisis. Because you mm-hmm. know, just just like you said, water doesn't make you special. Just because you bathe in it, you're not Mandalorian again. And it's a typical Disney stuff. Because, like you know, important thing, important things in your life are fa- family, friends, like you know, being a good person and all that stuff. So I think they will play this like like that. Maybe in f- final episode, we'll see him losing this faith and you know, moving on or just teasing oh. us what he'll do. Absolutely. Um, okay. So what are we hoping to, you know, we kind of t- touched on this, but is there anything else that you were hoping to see this season um, or even in just the future of uh, the Mandalorian? I think that this is a great example of one of the things I'd love to see. I'd love to see him kind of turn his back on the sect that turned their back on him. Uh, so, but is there anything else that perhaps the two of you would like to see? I would like to see Grogu do a little more. You know, mm-hmm. he trained with Luke for a while. He should have a little bit more force power in him. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about that prospect of what the little one can do. Um, I'm hoping also for maybe a little backstory on Mandalore. Like, was it Book of Boba Fett where they showed the bombing? I don't remember. Or was it season two? But we know we saw we saw a little clip of it and how the Empire kind of struck them and stuff. And so I'm excited the fact that we're actually going to see live action Mandalore. That's something that's been asked for for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just hope it's not super brief. Like if we're going to go there, let's spend a little time there. Like I don't want it to just be like, all right, check in and then out. Sure. No, no that makes total sense. What about you, Vic? Yeah, I've got some things I want to see. Basically, just like Anthony said, Mandalore, we have to see it. Just since the Clone Wars, we wanted to see it in live action. Like there wasn't a person that didn't want to, you know, just even see a glimpse of it. Like the, I think it was the, uh, I think it was the moon that were uh, those rebels, sort of rebel stellarists right. were uh, the Nightwatch. Yes, the Nightwatch were. Yeah. People want to see this kind of stuff. Like, yes. Like, we want to see the past. 
and the, and the present and the future maybe even so yeah so that's one thing um the second thing is i want cameos but like you know of those people that we've seen like timothy oliphant for example mm-hmm. we know that he's not dead we know he's alive and i think he'll be he'd be back this season but but i'm not sure and that's just uh i, I think it's an impossible thing because i want to see clancy brown again but <laughs> as a mandalorian who broke uh the code like he he's an apostate like mando and he tells him he broke the code he can even tell him he was on mandalore and there was nothing like i just want this one thing to to see in this episode in the season sorry so so yeah just i don't expect too much i'm just a <laughs> i'm just a basic fan who wants to see a, a good things basic fan i don't I know you too well. You're not just a basic fan. Yeah, you're, not you, Vic, you're a top sorry. grade fan. Yep. Yeah, okay. You got yeah. me. <laughs> we say you know, it in I, the most loving way possible, of course. I think no, that <laughs> um definitely the the crossovers with the animated series and stuff and building this world is really important. I think that's why people were so excited to see Ahsoka a live action because I mean she's an awesome character. Rosario Dawson does a great job. And like they're even doing more in her series. Um, and I did look it up just to go back. And Skeleton Crew is interconnected with the Mandalorian and Ahsoka. That is confirmed. So they're definitely building out this time period. And I think that's really exciting. Um, part of then the hopes for the season, there's two um just I guess thoughts about what we could also hope to see. And one of them is I want to know what your wildest theories, like it could be completely off the book never going to happen what is your wildest theories for mando season three hmm. i think darth maul can come back yes <laughs> that's somewhere. what i'm hoping for <laughs> yeah because you know in rebels we see obi-wan killing him but in boba we see that even if someone's that di- if someone died we can revive mm-hmm. him so mm-hmm. maybe there did all this all that cyborg work again on him maybe he's back but uh there's another theory i have in mind it's more not uh, a serious story per se but it's more an overall star wars thing and i think that um, in the future stuff like i mean by the future i mean everything that's happening after return of the jedi we'll see this happy people happy stories Mm. and all that but in the past stuff, like Acolyte or maybe some High Republic stuff, we'll see a more serious, serious actions, um, mm-hmm. serious, serious even, well, too much serious word, mm-hmm. uh, f- fantastic uh, cyber fights or anything. Because I think that the future stuff for Disney is they're doing it for kids, mainly for kids and family and shows like Andor and Acolyte will be for the, like I don't know, for teenagers, for for all mm-hmm. older people, and I think they want to separate it by making those uh, shows for kids like fun and you know and colorful, but though that past stuff for for you know for people who want to see some mm-hmm. serious drama and and really, really mm-hmm. really good stories that couldn't happen you know without showing the drama. <laughs> 
my wildest theory for this season is that the Empire was the one that came up with the rumor of Mandalore being all screwed up so that they could be Mm -hmm. the only ones to mine Beskar. And it's, I wouldn't say it's supported, but the reason for this theory is thinking back to the very beginning of the show when they pulled out that Camp Tono full of Beskar. It had to come Mm -hmm. from somewhere. And then Bo-Katan herself said, if you go underneath in the waters and all that, that's where we have, where we have our ores of Beskar. That's where, that's what it does. It just supplies us with what we need for our things. Because they know if Mandalore's got their hands on Beskar, they'd be a force to be reckoned with. So for them to kind of undercut them and keep them from getting that is a very Mm -hmm. good side blow. And that would keep any uprising or any issues for them. So it's like, hey, you guys can't like mm-hmm. basically you're you're taking away their their one of their strongest tools and and it's that very specific metal that they have. Um, other wild theory, uh, Grogu talks this season. Ooh. Oh, okay, okay. I'm. I've got a wildest, question for you. At wildest, do you no, think pers- he'll speak normally or like Yoda? Oh, I I wouldn't say normally. I'd say he'd say very little. He would talk pretty much like a baby where he could only say certain words. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like basic to three-year-old kid stuff. Pretty much. Mm -hmm. I don't see him speaking like Yoda. I know that Luke mentioned it in Book of Boba Fett, but I think that was more Yoda's personality rather than just the way they speak. Now, I don't know anything about Yaddle. I don't know. I never listened to her, so I couldn't tell you. She spoke normally in mm-hmm. Jedi, in Jedi tales, yeah. So yeah, this of the Jedi. Yeah. You know, my wildest theory actually connects with the next question. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say the question and then I'll, I'll say my theories and then I'll let you go with it. Um, which Star Star Wars cameo is coming this season? And my wildest theory is that I think kind of hope that we're gonna see more of Luke, Leia, and Han Solo. Especially because you have uh, Sebastian Stan right there looking like Han Solo. Why don't why are we cast him yet? <laughs> but I think that that's going to be some of that real connected tissue because their story's continuing on from this point. You know, they're they're around. We know this. We saw Luke at the end of season two. There should be more of them. But I also think that there should be more hints of what is coming next. We know that um, the Emperor returns and we know that there's clones we know that there's snoke and we didn't get a lot of build up of how it's happening and i think that like under all of this if they built towards that i would like that connected tissue i'd like to know more about what's going on and maybe it doesn't have to come here but i think that'd be my wildest uh my theory is we'll see more of the the good the the characters that we've already had um from star wars uh, as far as cameos, I think because you 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 kind of stole it from me. I know you didn't mean to, but I was gonna say Snoke. I can mm-hmm. see Moff Gideon having. Mm-hmm. I can see Snoke being involved in getting Moff Gideon out and having him report to him, like, "Hey, what's the progress you made?" Or it could just be the Emperor himself, but you know, through like, what's the word? Uh, a second veil, like it would just be somebody speaking to him. And be like, you know, mm-hmm. I need you to get that child. I need the midichlorians so that I can move forward in my progress. Because if you remember, was it Rise of the Skywalker that they had the the like tanks that had all the different Snoke clones and stuff? They can't just leave that lying around. So I want to say 
it's almost the same answer but like snoke slash the emperor could cameo through sure. a holographic uh message yeah i think it's a good guess because in battlefront 2 game story there was a vessel kind of that uh, had all the messages from emperor in case he died and mm -hmm. during the operation cinder he just you know emperor died empire lives like so i mm -hmm. guess we'll find we'll see some story about it maybe maybe we'll even get to see you know in i think it's season two when they were on navarro there was this empire base where, yep. where they had tanks yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah so i think they'll connect to it, to it somehow because we'll see Pershing again he's on yep. coruscant yeah empire's Mm -hmm. capital was um, Kurson, so so maybe there's still something going on and I think just you know just uh, cameos closer to the ground maybe yeah Luke Skywalker is and Ahsoka are pretty pretty good guesses I but I think Boba will return with Fennec Shand because there was this poster uh, I think yeah I think Lucas uh, Lucasfilm shared it where there were diff different Mandalorian helmets and there was the Boba helmet. Yep. So, mm -hmm. so I think yep. they'll tissing him. That was and... from the Empire magazine, I believe. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so so yeah, it's <laughs> official. Empire. Um, and I think they'll somehow tease us how Mandalorians are are no more in the sequel era. Because I'm I'm preparing this article now, and I think that the more we go into the season, it will connect with uh, the sequel era and with the original trilogy. Because if you remember in Rebels, Empire, Empire created the weapon that could destroy Mandalorian armor. So I think right. that's somehow connected with the First Order and mm -hmm. how Mandalorians vanished. So, okay. so we'll see. <laughs> okay, final question, I promise. So with us finally having made, uh, the Mandalorian season three, what are your thoughts on the book of Boba Fett being required viewing? Is it, or is it not? Cause I'm going to go with, with, besides the few parts that we could have had in a recap, which maybe they didn't include in the recap to make you watch it. The book of Boba Fett, is not necessary for Mandalorian? I strongly disagree. Sadly, I wanted to disagree, you know, <laughs> or agree, but they just put too much, like mm -hmm. they they had that whole episode where Mando goes, he's doing his thing, he gets his new ship. I mean, that's kind of a big thing. I guess you could forgive it and just say, oh, he got a ship somewhere in between. And then, well, this is why I say no, mostly because I think that scene where Luke made Grogu choose between Yoda's lightsaber and the Beskar armor was one of the most important decisions made. And for them to not put it in the actual Mandalorian show feels like a travesty because that right there showed how strong the connection is and not just Grogu to Din but then the other way as well because Din he tells Ahsoka but I came all this way you're telling me I can't see him and then he gives up that armor like that is such a strong part of their relationship that he he cares about him like he gives up a spear that was his weapon to make armor for the kid and then he wants to hand deliver it. And he even ties the the little thing in the shape of Grogu's head and face and ears. Like mm -hmm. that he cares about him so much. And to not put that in his show 
because that's such a strong character development scene it felt like an absolute miss yeah uh-huh. i agree i think i don't want to say bad things about the because i enjoyed that show it was i mean it had its flaws but I really enjoyed the the past of Boba, how he survived and all that. But I think the easiest way to make the, those two episodes a part of Mandalorian season three was to make it a special presentation or something. Mm-hmm. You could just easily make it a, an hour long short movie, I guess, and mm-hmm. it would work. Those two episodes are, I think, are so important to this sure. story. Because if you didn't watch Boba, you kind of won't have an idea, won't have any idea how uh, Dean got his ship, why mm-hmm. Grogu is with him, how did he get his little tiny armor. Mm-hmm. Even I'm I'm sometimes watching Mando and all Star Wars shows with my parents, so so I know how my mom, who didn't watch Boba, had some problems with. Mm-hmm. How he returned and we had to watch boba again just to show her uh how he did this and she was like okay okay can we now go back to mando and was, yeah it was, it's pretty meaningful for this sure. TV series so so i guess yeah yeah it's a really important Th- those two episodes are important the rest isn't so all right, yeah. so we can just watch those two episodes and forget the rest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for the person who even didn't watch the previous episodes of Boba, you can easily understand it. Yeah. It's not a complicated show. I do want to add one thing, thinking about it now, is that I think they also made it kind of relevant. I have a feeling he's going to call upon a favor from Boba to help or something. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't have Boba just come and take over this sector and become Daimyo for no reason. Like, he's going to have money he's gonna have troops and i have a feeling and after mando helped him he kind of owes him a favor so i could see them bringing boba back and isn't it kind of rumored that there's a second season working as well on this show yeah, yeah i think the the poster yeah. for it leaked from yeah some, so someone working on it uh, the same for obi-wan so so i guess mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's star wars so, you can never really expect it to be gone like sure (laughs) and with that we are unfortunately running out of time uh but we'd love to continue the conversation with you listeners so check us out at thecosmiccircus.com or you can find us on twitter or other social medias at my cosmic circus and our cosmic circus podcast twitter at cosmic podcasts thank you again so much for tuning in to the cosmic circle my name is brian kitson and you can find me on twitter at kitson 301 Anthony, Vic, thank you so much for joining me. Before we go, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter on Eridraxalka or whatever. You can you can just uh, find my articles on on the Cosmic Circus and then uh, and then just <laughs> go to my Twitter. So so yeah, thanks for talking. I think it was a really really good talk. Vic, it was great having you around this time. Uh, we like to switch it up every once in a while. And this is Anthony Flagg. You can find me at Rodova underscore on Twitter. And you can find my articles at thecosmiccircus.com. Thanks again, you two. And thanks again, listeners. Can't wait for our next trip through the cosmos. May the force be with you. Bye-bye.